Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for December 22nd, 2019, and uh, the fourth Sunday of Advent. We're getting closer and closer. Uh, uh, do the stories get uh, more and more Christmassy? No. No, it doesn't look like it. Yes, they do. No. <laughs> no. No, we're not. This doesn't look Christmassy at all. What are you talking? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was say, did I prepare for the wrong one? <laughs> no, I thought I'd have a little fun at your expense. Sorry and you did. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, we're, we're rolling right along, and uh, the, the, we are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Yes, we're all um, buying stocking stocking stuffers as you listen to this. Is there, there, exactly right. This it. Maybe this is a, your podcast for that mad dash to the store, like, oh, crap, forgot about <laughs> Nana. And uh, uh, if you're listening to this in the scented candle aisle, uh, uh, stop it. Get something better than that. Come on, you could do better. Starbucks we, has all of its gifts on sale today, I saw. <laughs> I uh, Thank you to our unofficial guest sponsor, Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> We're still waiting for those checks. Um, but thank you for keeping us going. <laughs> But uh, but yeah no uh, you can, but long story short you can't get candles because that's my last minute present <laughs> and if we all get can- scented candles then we'll they'll know that the jig is up and uh, that won't work and you just um, didn't care yeah ex- exactly <laughs> but I prefer scented candles over uh, gift cards for my really person. I do oh as an outgoing gift uh, for both actually I don't like uh, I don't like the concept of a price on the value of the present you know what I mean oh, yeah. Like, Oh, you're a, you're a ten dollar guy. That's a yeah, that's about what you're worth. Um, uh, it, it becomes awkward, so I, I I avoid that pretty much at all costs if I can. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're you know, you're a cost plus person. You're a crate and barrel person. You're yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then it so, also and then it also t- says like, oh, you think I'm yeah. a peer one kind of a guy? That, that is not my time style at all. Thanks. How come they're all laser tagged? Thanks, right. Thanks for not knowing me at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's go to the word of the day. Uh, today's word of the day, and it, as you're following along in the alphabet, today's word of the day starts with a Q. Oh, uh, so interesting. There's not very many, so I didn't have okay. very many to choose from. But uh, I'm going to go with quadrigus. Quadri. Oh, if I could say it right. Quad. Regisma. Q-U-A-D-R-A-G-E-S-I-M-A. Quadragisma. Okay, no, your radio or iPhone did not just die. I am blanking. I'm trying to figure it out using the Latin four queens. <laughs> Quadra. Yeah, four. Quad would be four. Quadra. Forty. Yes. 40 days? Yes. So is it Lent? Yes. Yes. Oh, thank you for the helps. Archaic Will term. Will you now put your voice on my home answering machine? <laughs> <laughs> Archaic term for the 40 days of Lent or the first Sunday in Lent. So that's – which I find a little odd if it, you're, you're – the the well, first Sunday in Lent is called the Quadragisma, but the, the – that's a 40 – Quadragismo. Right. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, especially since Lent starts with Ash Wednesday. So, yeah, that is an odd one. Yeah, a little, little, but, little odd for the second half of the definition, uh, but uh, but makes perfect sense for the 40 days of Lent. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, uh, not modern. I uh, I emphasize the word archaic uh, yeah. because uh, – uh, Does it say how archaic? No, it does okay. not. And, and, and of all the definitions on the Episcopal uh, uh, website – 
It is probably the shortest because I read it in its entirety. Oh, okay. Sorry <laughs> to push for more. No, I, I thought the same thing. But the other ones were they were they were. I mean, I'm sure we'll circle back around yeah. to the cues. Uh, so I I'll have to so. pick another one of them. But the, go ahead and pre bad mouth them. They weren't as great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, tough to find a cue to, uh, to find word. So, yeah. that, uh, but that's okay. That's a uh, uh, Q is our special letter. So. Um, Isaiah, let's uh, let's let's jump. Oh, go ahead. You have no. I'm just thinking of all the Q words that quadrilateral and some other churchy ones. That... I, I, I look. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not discounting it. I'm yeah. just saying uh, uh, well, what's on the uh, website. Let me see if I can pull it back up. Well, they certainly can't have everything, even though it is just bits and bytes rather than paper and ink. Right. 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 Uh, so there's they don't the, have the, the quadrilateral dominum. Yeah. The uh, Oh, this is the best part. Let's see you read all of these. Kikun K. Yep. The Diocese of Quincy. Okay. Quinquagesma Sunday. Charles Todd Quintard and Choir C. Choir. So apparently there's an archaic version of the spelling of choir, which is Q-U-I-R-E. What a weird choice to have on there. Right? It's like, so, oh, what's that mean? I'll go to the Episcopal Church website and see. So you can see that my options yeah. were a little... Mm-hmm. So, quadrigisma. You, you know, use it at a holiday dinner. That's right. Stump your friends. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, so the first reading uh, today is in Isaiah, and uh, uh, those who pay attention, which is pretty much just you, Bruce, uh, will notice <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that the uh, the reading actually goes backwards in in Isaiah. Mm-hmm. We were we were further forward. Yeah, we were in the thirty five. Uh, yeah, now we're, now we're back to the first uh, author uh, yeah. for Isaiah in chapter seven, and the verses are ten through sixteen, and they read this way. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as shoal, 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 uh, or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to a test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary, to weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse uh, the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings, two kings, are you are in dread will be deserted. Um, okay, prophetic in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if I can. So... Uh, let it be as deep as shoal, since I did a terrible job saying the word. What 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 is shoal? That is the place of the dead. Oh, okay. So it's improperly translated in some English Bibles as hell, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's not a place of punishment. It's just a place where the dead go. Gotcha. Um, it's where and, they reside. Yeah, and depending on the the era of the particular writing, it's either a, a a place of basically heaven, or it's a place of great boredom mm-hmm. um, and kind of inactivity. Um, but it's not a, in, nowhere in the um, Hebrew scriptures is it a place of punishment. Okay, um, and uh, so 
in this story, uh, Lord, the Lord is saying to Ahaz, and who is Ahaz for, for the purpose? He was a king. He was a he was a, he yeah. was a king of Israel. Yeah. Okay. King. Uh, well, actually, of Judah, which is the oh, okay. northern kingdom. Okay. Okay. And Israel so at this point is the southern kingdom. Gotcha. So that's this why is the it mentions two kings. The the conquered uh, the, the the conquered portion of uh, Israel, or how's this how's this? I believe. Um. Basically, the whole area has been was conquered mm-hmm. at this point. So, whether you're in Judah or Israel, you were in trouble. Gotcha. So this is not a Jewish king. This is a. Well, at this point, this is referring to a Jewish king who's just been trashed. Uh, okay. Sacked. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe. Well, I mean, sacked means he's lost his job, but by this point, he's under the thumb of gotcha. the conquerors. So, so he is a, in a way, he's a he's a king in as as much as the conquerors will allow him. Right. Gotcha. Um, so uh, he says, God says to him, "Ask for a sign." Ahaz, kind of in the theme of uh, of Job, says, "No, I wouldn't dare test my God." Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but then Isaiah, uh, the prophet. Says, uh, uh, what does this mean? Uh, Here then, O house of David, obviously uh, directing it to the to, to the house of David. Is it too little for you to weary mortals that you weary my God also? Is is this like then turning the story around and saying, see how Ahaz didn't uh, test God? How come you guys constantly do? Or like, what's a how how like what is what is the yeah. going on here in the in in the liter- literary sense? Um. Pretty much what you said, yeah. That okay. Ahaz has not so much um, put God to the test, but the rest of the folks are. Gotcha. So essentially, uh, and, and I assume maybe the verses prior to are a little bit more of the Ahaz story. Right. Okay. They are. So essentially, through 12 is the Ahaz story. Mm-hmm. And then Isaiah, as an author, steps out and speaks to the audience <laughs> and says, like, and the rest of this is for you, and this is what you need to take away. Yeah, and but a, but Ahaz is in the audience. Oh, okay. So, um, and so this originally this prophecy was as a reassurance to Ahaz that God would continue to be faithful to Judah, to the house of David, to the the kingdom of Ahaz, even as. They're going to go through years of being conquered by one kingdom after after another. Mm -hmm. Uh, And only after, um, well, it wasn't really until the very last moment, so to speak, before Jesus started his public ministry, that this prophecy became applied to the birth of the Messiah. Okay. So it, it was being thought of as a prophecy of the military messiah because it was someone who was going to drive out the conquerors. Gotcha. Uh, but wasn't the spiritual son of God type of messiah. Gotcha. Okay, that makes some, that makes some sense. Um, because, yeah, it, it says uh, um, um, it's prophecy about a, a child who will uh, know how to refuse evil and choose good, mm-hmm. uh, which is as most parents would know, not their child. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that. <laughs> well, and not, and not always. Uh, yeah. uh, not, not perfect in that regards. Um, but, um, um, and then 
Before that happens, though, the land is, is that basically saying the land you're currently in, which has two kings, will be deserted. I'm not sure what uh, you, uh, the, the, whose two kings you are in dread, at least uh, like in dread of, or that you, the, whose two kings you dread. I believe the, those. The English in there doesn't feel quite right. I believe though that refers to the conquering kings. Okay. That they, mm-hmm. they, even though now you're being conquered, their control over, over your land is not going to last. Gotcha. And uh, although I guess the, the, it's technically saying that the, that land will be deserted. Yeah, it may not mean Judah. It may mean their home empires. Interesting. Okay. Any importance to the fact that the um, the prophetic child will eat curds and honey? Uh, like what? It seems kind of odd to go into that kind of detail. Well, it's good news because that was the preferred weaning food for an infant. Mm. But in the time of this king, because their city was under siege, it would have been very hard to obtain. Gotcha. So it was a sign that those the siege would have been broken, food would become plentiful. Prosperity would, prosperity, would return yeah. to the land. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. See, those are the kind of things that like Aren't you kind of gloss Yeah, you kind of gloss over and like, okay. Yeah. Curd, curds and honey. That's weird. <laughs> A lot of little kids would like it, though. That, that, that right. absolutely true. Though there's the whole thing about how soon can you give a child honey. But anyway, right, right, that's right. a whole other right, right. But yeah, that, that, go to the health podcast. The, 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 yes, the yes, the the uh, the, the um, new parent the, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, but yeah, that's that is the kind of thing that you're kind of like. Uh, oh, so they would have been looking for this child who eats curds and honey. I'm like, oh no, no, no that's not right. That that Means, would be normal. Ish, if uh, if there was prosperity in the land. Yeah, if times were, were normal, if times were good. So this is a promise, hey, times will be good. Things will get back to normal. Gotcha. A, a familiar tone to... Uh, to a lot of... Uh, a, a lot of early writing in the, in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Of, it'll get better. Yes. It's, it's yes. not going to stay as bad as it is now. Yeah, words of encouragement. Yep. Um, anything else on Isaiah? Um, I'm not seeing any other questions that I have. Yeah, we should call it good. (laughs) There's so much to cover today. It is so called. Uh, So, Romans, chapter 1, verse 1 through 7, the opening uh, to to, uh, the the Pauline letter, which uh, becomes self-evident here in the first verse. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be... uh, was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves who are called to belong to Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ, to all gods beloved in Rome, who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Very opening 
you know, letter opening uh, style. Big greeting. Uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, and, and I know that this is like a, a later added uh, issue of punctuation, but that's like oh, the yeah. biggest run-on <laughs> sentence I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, I, I actually picture Paul pacing the room as his scribe is trying to keep up writing all this down. See, it's funny that you you see it that way. I see it in the delivery method as though uh, uh, if a herald were to deliver this and I'm like, here, 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 here. <laughs> Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, how long is this thing? We can breathe. And maybe this is this is just me. There's not much in this verse for me. Like, uh, uh, I, I, it, it, it sounds, seems anticlimactic. It sounds terrible for me to say such a thing about the Word of God. But uh, uh, other than saying who he is, his overall message, which is no different than, you know, really any of his other messages from spreading the gospel of Jesus, uh, and then who is to receive it, all mm-hmm. of God's beloved in Rome, who are called to be saints, uh, there's really not much meat on this bone for me. Uh, for you? Yes? Well, of course. Well, of course. <laughs> They're listening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's one of these things where when it's something... In the scripture, when it's something that's common, what you can then have fun with is where does it deviate from the accepted ways, the accepted oh, okay. norms. So mm-hmm. this is starts as a traditional greeting of a letter from mm-hmm. all Romans and other literate people in that era, and then it gets something added in. Gotcha. And that is the theology. Mm-hmm. So this gives us a wonderful little uh, telescope back to the earliest days of the Christian community in Rome as to what they believed about Jesus Christ. Okay. Because here it, Paul spells it out. So, so in a way, it's like a mini creed. Oh, he, very much so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That scholars believe it's a combination of the... Um, of a traditional greeting and the creedal statement of the Roman community. Hmm. So that Paul would have credibility with them. Gotcha. Yeah. That he's not, at this point in the letter, he's not going to introduce to anyone any new theology. This is instead the, why should I keep reading this? Gotcha. And so it's okay. He likes us. He's he's glad we're reading it. Oh, and he believes the major things we believe. Okay. I'll pay attention now. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is this is drawing the audience in. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, he's he's speaking to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it does it does uh, spell forth uh, one of the main right here in the first you know seven verses the main reason why he reaches outside of uh, uh, I, I guess I guess you could say reaches outside of uh, the the not necessarily just limited to the Jewish community. This is right. Uh, this is definitely setting itself as though. This is for this is not just for you know those yeah. of you who are already in temple. Right. This is for everyone. This everyone. Is, this is outside of those walls. So yeah. uh, as well. So uh, to all God's beloved in Rome. Although I guess at the time uh, people could probably interpret that how they wanted. Like oh yeah, that's me. That's right. Like, that's not that dude. Yeah, he wasn't going to cross that bridge yet. <laughs> but he is. It he's is. Trying, he's a man yeah, yeah. He's trying to establish that relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, just as, since you just mentioned it, I want to um, say before I forget, where verse 7, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints, mm-hmm. 
just a reminder that the traditional definition of saints within Christianity is anyone who's baptized. Okay. So this is not just... This, this is, is not, not the three miracles right. version of saints that... That, uh, that, that the Roman Catholic tradition holds. Gotcha. But it's instead, okay, any Christian. So to all, this letter is for all Christians. And with that just formulation, it is that reminder that God calls us into being a follower of Christ rather than we ourselves earning it. Gotcha. Okay. So, is that saints with a small s? Is, is, the, is the big s saints the, uh, the, the three miracle saint, or is there any such difference? It, it, well, first of all, there was it, in Paul, there would, it would be either one mm -hmm. and the same. Um, technically, now it would probably be with a little s, mm -hmm. but just like a, the, the small c in Catholic. Uh, right. Gotcha. Um, but technically, you could capitalize it because, in fact, at least in Episcopal theology, Anyone who's baptized has the same status before God, and really anyone, any human, has the same status mm -hmm. before God. So if one is blessed with exceptional wisdom, love, generosity, miracles, mm -hmm. um, in a sense that's just more responsibility. It doesn't mean that uh, you're a better person or you were um, had lived an especially great life and therefore got to receive those gifts. It's mm -hmm. not something you earned. It's always a gift, and I think it's important to uh, to to then stress uh, the aspect of what you just said was uh, so initially when this was written, saints were anyone who was baptized. Yeah, it was another name for Christian. Uh, uh, In fact, it was some, the first name. Yeah, and some some versions of Christianity have gone into a stricter definition mm -hmm. of this of this word, and uh, as Episcopalians, we've taken a. A much looser, uh, not just uh, baptized, but but uh, all of God's creation. Mm -hmm. Well, and technically, the Episcopal definition would be any Christian. Okay. So, um, but believing that God's love is extended to all, regardless whether they're baptized or not. And again, well, you're a saint. You just didn't know it. <laughs> well, and and the thing is, it's not so. It, it's we have to get out of our minds that saint is a is some kind of high office. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just an everyday word, really, for a human. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. St. Bruce. Um, <laughs> Semi-St. Ben. <laughs> it might not be a high office, but that doesn't mean that there's not a bar to still pass. <laughs> we have to have standards here. Um, well, and hey, our, bish our diocesan bishop always likes to use a greeting, hello, saints. Yes. And it, it's not for people to respond, hi. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> supposed to respond with hello. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else on Romans? No, let's go ahead and move to Matthew. All right, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they, they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son... And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. 
He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Um, just to circle back on last week's podcast, since we talked about James, the brother of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, pointing out that in Matthew chapter 1, verse uh, 25, had no marital relations with her until... <laughs> right. So uh, that does uh, kind of uh, uh, further that storyline, um, or that, that discussion. Um, and, what is the difference? Oh, go ahead. And... Um, until she had born a son, some translations will even drive it home harder and say her firstborn son. Mm-hmm. Just to make it really clear, this this is the the at least the first son. They could have said for firstborn child to completely drive home the point, but gotcha. they probably were at that point not thinking of girls counting too much. <laughs> Boy, we've done we've done a great disservice in this world yeah. in that regards, but. Scriptures have not been got good in that way. No, too many times. well, that, uh, social things being what they are, mm-hmm. not to excuse, but uh, but anyway, to I cut, off, I cut off a question for you. Uh, well, I, I was going to ask um, in Isaiah, and this is this is this will be lost on the listener unless you're actually looking at it. In Isaiah, Emmanuel is spelled with an I, and in hmm. Matthew, Emmanuel is spelled with an E. I, Why the difference? I think that helps us remember that Isaiah was written in Hebrew and Matthew was written in Greek. Okay. Just a Uh, different way of spelling things? Of making clear uh, terminology from each language is a proper noun. Okay. And uh, while we're on names meaning stuff, I kind of get a feeling, where did it say, uh, where where he said... Uh, she will bear a son, and you are to, to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What does Jesus mean then? Because it kind of feels as though they're like the, the Matthew is lining out like you, you need to call him this because this means something relevant to saving people from their sins. Um, I I have to admit I'm blanking on the Jesus definition, but. The part that I do know is that there was there it would have been controversial to that Jesus was not named Joseph after Mary's husband, mm-hmm. and so is that that that's heavily symbolic that um, this is a this is a whole different occurrence than a standard uh, Jewish birth in a standard Jewish family at that mm-hmm. time. Um, uh, because we have technology, yes. uh, since you said you weren't sure, I went and had Thank you. Google searched it, uh, uh, as our modern Bible, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the name of Jesus is derived from the Hebrew name, uh, Yeshua, which is based on the Semitic root, uh, uh, meaning to deliver or to rescue. That's right. Thank you. I'm so glad you looked that up. Thank you. Wikipedia through Google. And Amen. <laughs> and I, I will affirm, yes, now I remember that that is accurate. That wasn't just someone making it up and putting it in Wikipedia. But yeah, so to deliver obviously is reflective of what of who Jesus will be revealed to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once he so, grows up. And that would have made so so because it was uh, otherwise without that understanding that it, it does seem kind of uh, uh, it could potentially take you out of the story or 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 uh, um, uh, Joseph might have very well made a question at that point. And you shall call him Jesus. I'm like, wait, wait, why? (laughs) (laughs) 
Why well, that name? But but it was a it was a common name at the time. So it, yeah, it I think it still would have um, given everyone involved pause. Okay, that it wouldn't have just been oh this baby's going to deliver all humanity. So sure, we'll name him that. Um, it it took an act of faith to say oh, okay if that's what you say we ought to do we will do it. Gotcha. So maybe uh, in between these verses, Joseph, uh, when he hears that, he goes, there's like three Jesuses down the street. <laughs> yeah. like, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to go with, uh, let's go with an old root word name. Uh, like, we haven't we haven't had this uh, this name be uh, popular in a while. I'm, I'm Hezekiah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm looking at, Joseph's like, I'm looking up uh, right now. Ancient, yeah. Uh, uh, popular names here in the year zero, uh, and um, Jesus is pretty high on this list. Uh, um, maybe something a little bit more identifiable yeah, yeah. or unique. In synagogue school, we want him to be called on regularly. That's right. <laughs> Jesus, can you answer his eight kids' answer? Come on. <laughs> I like it. Um, there's also uh, a almost a throwaway line here that does have a, a lot of... Uh, uh, implications or, or side story that's not really delved into, but uh, um, Joseph was in the position where he was going to dismiss her quietly yeah. and not uh, not get married to her, and which, you know, it, it, as you think about it logically, makes a little bit of sense, especially considering uh, social ramifications at mm-hmm. the time. Um, she's with child. They aren't living together. Uh, and they, not they have, have sexual they have relations. not had any, any sort of relations. And uh, that would have been very undesirable at that point well, yeah. in time. And hopefully the question in Joseph's mind is, Does she, I bet she loves someone else and therefore I should let her marry that fella. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that way, it could be an act of generosity to release her from the engagement so that she can be with the man that she made love with. Got, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, but... Again, this is the bookend to the Luke story of Mary saying to the angel Gabriel, okay, I'll go with this, even though this doesn't make sense. Right. And this gives us the Joseph perspective right. on um, Mary's pregnancy and his willingness to say yes to God. So mm-hmm. there, there are two people of deep faith that we get to hear about through the two Gospels saying yes to a very um, challenging, unusual, difficult Awkward. situation. Yeah. Awkward, yeah. Do you, do you think they uh, ever did get together, and, and maybe one of the reasons why they worked things out is like they both had an angel story to tell? Like, Could be. Well, I, well, I hope so, actually. I have an angel <gasps> I had an angel visit. Me too. Yeah. Hopefully no, what you're saying. <laughs> hopefully they were close enough that I suppose that would have made it a little bit easier as yeah. opposed to like, well, I can't tell her about the angel. Yeah. That makes me sound like an idiot. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, especially since his was a dream. Yeah, right. Yeah and, yeah. and while certainly there is a long tradition within Judaism of God communicating through dreams, uh, it still isn't to me anyway. And maybe this is my modern eyes. Doesn't look to me as being as um, definitely implausible as Mary saying, "Yeah, I had this conversation after I had my afternoon tea with the angel Gabriel." Mm-hmm. You know, what did you have? You had a dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, are, are, are you just copying me? Right, 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 right. 
I saw the dude. Yeah. <laughs> he was like this close to me. Um, what about, um, what about, the, it, is the this prophecy, because we read the prophecy yeah. in Isaiah. Um, are there other versions of that same prophecy elsewhere? Because uh, the main difference, which again, if, if you're not reading it, uh, especially back to back like we just did, you might miss it. But um, in Matthew, it says, uh, it refers back to the prophecy. It says, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Mm-hmm. Isaiah doesn't say virgin. Right. And that this is another one of those interesting places where you can tell what Bible Matthew is using. Okay. Because in the Greek Bible at the time of Jesus' birth, and, and the Greek Bible that is still available, um, it says virgin. Okay. When it was when the Hebrew is translated into Greek, the rabbi translating it decided to use the term virgin. Whereas Isaiah was written in Hebrew, and it was the term young woman. Okay. Okay, so so it really is still referring back to this very specific yeah. this specific passage we just read. Yeah. It just comes down to a matter of translation that one says young, and the one that Matthew refers to would have said virgin. Maybe. Yeah. And and maybe woman. this is trivial, but it's important it's important to people like me, as an interesting important, that in a sense, we're sitting next to Matthew and looking at what scroll he's rolling through to look read the prophecies. And mm-hmm. the scroll he's rolling through is in Greek. Whereas, for instance, when we hear Jesus rolling through a scroll in the synagogue to preach, he's reading in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just find that interesting. That, that is interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, the, it, the everyday language and um, of just communication is Latin, Greek, mm-hmm. um, or um, Aramaic. Well, and it also drives home the point of like, there, this is, it was not, there was not universal understanding about most of this stuff because the languages were different or yeah. some of these stories are told from different points of view or, yeah. you know, oh, this prophet said something very similar, but was really focused on, this issue, yeah, and it and it, and it creates a it, it creates I think in, in at least in my mind I know for some people it become it, it becomes difficult but uh, it creates in my mind a healthy amount of discrepancy that makes it plausible. Whereas if you have this story that is one hundred percent seal proof, yeah, across the board for thousands and thousands of years. It almost seems un- unnatural and and unbelievable that like that would be the case, and, and you can really get the feeling for this oral tradition moving into this mm-hmm. written tradition that moved around and in different languages and had different uh, you know different meanings, slightly different meanings here or there there, and how people could then interpret those, especially when you're talking about a prophecy. It's easy to interpret a prophecy in any number of yeah. ways because. Well, one of the, my favorite images for this that I heard from a scholar many years ago was the conversation within the Bible itself. Mm-hmm. And that if we think of it that way, as different people of deep faith talking to each other through the scriptures, and like you say, saying, here's this version of events, here's the version, here's how I understand this prophecy, mm-hmm. it really deepens, I think, our our level of understanding and even our level of faith as to how 
people through centuries and centuries and centuries of the creation of the Bible saw the same events or saw the same prophecies or scriptures. And I think a conversation just deepens the meaning rather than questions, rather than calls into question the value of it. Right. No, and I, I agree. And especially as we go along uh, uh, simultaneously with time, mm-hmm. um, um, I, I would point out that means two things for us. One, uh, that means that it's it, it's a living, breathing experience. It yeah. is not stagnant and, and it is not a, an originalist yeah. kind of thing. Number two, that very much leaves the door open for us being wrong. <laughs> exactly. We have to approach it with humility. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that it is not it is not uh, uh, set in stone and uh, um, unchallengeable. This mm-hmm. is this is um, um, this is this is uh, really something that we have to wade into and uh, swim with, and uh, be comfortable with of uh, uh, coming out the other side and maybe not being. 100% accurate on Yeah, it. have our minds changed, have our mm-hmm. insights deepened, um, or just flat out find we're wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's one reason that I'm, I'm, I'm never comfortable with what are sometimes called harmonized Bibles, where they take the entire Bible usually and basically trying to make it read like a single narrative. Mm. And that that always dumbs down the scriptures. Yeah, kind of a sanitation effect. That's kind yeah. of yeah, and that would not you know, be desirable. That, I don't think not helpful. And no. to have the story of the shepherds from Luke and the story of the Magi from Matthew in the same narrative uh, compromises the symbolism of mm-hmm. those two sets of visitors. They really do need to stand alone for our time of prayer and meditation over them rather than trying to cram them together. Even though in my home nativity set and in the church nativity set, we do have all those figures and so could have them there at the same time. Right. At home, we do have them at the same time so the grandchildren can move them around. Um, We as adults need to be comfortable with saying, okay, this year in church, we're focusing on Matthew and therefore we'll have Magi. Next year, we'll focus on Luke and therefore we'll have Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Or however it may turn out. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, I think that's a good way to end it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so this was your podcast for December 22nd, 2019. Uh, join us at 8 and 10. Uh, if you're unable to join us, I totally understand. Uh, that's uh, it's Especially with the holiday season, uh, a lot of us are moving out and about. Uh, hopefully uh, to, to go to uh, fun, interesting places with good... Uh, uh, fellowship with other people, share uh, the love, friends and family. Uh, generally speaking, but uh, if that's the case, then we'll have uh, we'll, we'll at least have uh, Bruce's sermon up on uh, uh, here on this podcast and also on our YouTube channel at uh, Holy Family Videos. Holy Family Videos. I don't know H F E C videos. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, H F. I just click videos. on the link. <laughs> And it'll come out. Yeah, it, it, uh, later it'll be made available on our uh, on our newsletter blast that goes out as well. Yeah, the uh, websites uh, for that. But and the, uh, I know our Facebook page too. That's uh, true. Yeah, on our gets Facebook puts, page. put up on. It appears there. It, yes, <laughs> it shows up magic with the magic of technology. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so we, we try to make that all uh, available to you mm-hmm. in, in, in any any consumable form that you you might be able to have. Uh, but uh, but hopefully if, if you are in town and we grace us with your presence, we will be very happy about that because uh, it's always fun to see everybody in person and, uh, and have an extended 
uh, piece during the service uh, that goes on for five minutes, which speaking, I very much enjoy. <laughs> and speaking of which, our Christmas Eve services oh, are yes, at plug away. 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. and 11 p.m. Yep. Um, 5 p.m., lots of kids, a children's sermon, um, wonderful music, 11 p.m., lots of good music and incense. And then on Christmas Day at 10 a.m. is our, I think, unique service. Pretty unique. That's nicknamed the Pajama Mass, mm-hmm. where people are encouraged to come to church very casually, and many take that to uh, include pajamas, sometimes coordinated by household. Yes. And so lots of selfie opportunities when that takes place. I 10 a.m. on Christmas Day. I come in a Chewbacca onesie. It is something to see. <laughs> <laughs> and it is quite comfortable. It is, uh, it is one of the few things that I have put on as, like, uh, uh, as pajamas and could totally fall asleep in with no covers, no nothing. It's just like one of those, like, just... You live inside this warm blanket. It's the best thing ever. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so we, we have those. Uh, fingers crossed. We'll have, I'm, I'm really hoping for a white Christmas. Me too. Uh, uh, there's nothing more enjoyable to me than uh, the midnight uh, uh, mass. Uh, that With and, snowflakes. And, and snow starts coming down. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's quite a sight. Remember, midnight mass starts at 11. Yes. So, mid- we, so we receive communion midnight, at midnight. Midnight mi- minus one mass. Yeah. <laughs> You receive communion at midnight. Yes, the the, the yeah. intention is to release in, at, at 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 the stroke, right? Is or at, actually, about ten minutes after. Oh, that's right, because we have those. Because we have all sorts we, of we, interesting we have to music. Read through. Uh, is that the one where we read through like the entire history of the no. Jewish people? <laughs> <laughs> Easter vigil. <laughs> this is the one where we have gazillions of choir anthems mm, and such. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's right. I like this one better. Yeah. <laughs> And you, who is in the choir, should know uh, that the anthems, Alleluia Chorus, all mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful stuff. So it's about an hour and ten minutes long instead of an hour. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Right. We'll, 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 uh, we have a big, a big clock in the back to make sure that we elongate it. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. we still got 20 minutes. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, so, yeah, there's, there's the plug for all the, uh, yeah. the services. Uh uh, I think that's it. I think we've I think done our better, duty. Yeah. <laughs> Before we head off on another tangent. <laughs> well, we really enjoy uh, speaking with you guys, and uh, and uh, uh, thanks for joining us this week. And we will uh, speak to you next time. Until then, and even then, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.